Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Long Run Podcast is sponsored by Sketches. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a special long run show. My name is Chris Ford, and with me today is the man who broke sub four in the marathon. And we're going to come on to Simon in just a second. Let me get the intro done. So, if you're listening to this for the first time as a podcast, thank you very much for taking this award winning podcast out on your run. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Sketches. Go over to sketches.co.uk and grab all your shoes, your kit, everything you need. Say head over to sketches.co.uk. Big shout out to them for sponsoring this episode. So, like I said, this episode is all about breaking sub four in the marathon. Now, why are we doing this special version of this show um, with Simon? Well, I think it's well documented his attempts at breaking sub four. We've had him on, and it was one of our most popular episodes uh, where we discuss hitting the wall. Uh, we'll come on to that as well in just a sec. So I thought it was good after talking so openly about his failures, <laughs> which I still don't think were failures, but failures if he was trying to get this sub four. But I thought it was only right that we got him back on after he smashed the living daylights out of Chicago. So how are you, Simon? Right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for coming on, Mr. Ratings himself. It's a shame yep. it's not live because I think the viewers would actually like to have you on to talk about your ratings. Maybe that's another show we can <laughs> do. What a rating special. Yeah, like a Christmas rating special. You could rate. This is a good idea. So uh, just let us know. Write in. Use the website, say, contact.com or something like that. Write in whether you want to hear from Simon a special Christmas ratings podcast. <laughs> I think that is quite funny. Yeah, the thing is, it might upset a few people. <laughs> upset Cambridge. I can't comment on that. Well, he's not allowed to comment. All I'd say is they've changed the course. Leave it there. Um, interestingly, and we'll get, come on to this as well, uh, 
both of our sort of name tags, so if you're listening to this as a podcast, we're able to name ourselves. Um, so usually I have something cowboy related on there. And, you know, whoever comes on, we have like admin or speaker, whatever, or Hobbit Faden. Um, we thought it would be truly, what's the best way? It's truly, well, honest, open, transparent to have on there. I've got faster than Spigo. And so what have you got on yours? Uh, I think it's also faster than Spigo. Amazing, that, isn't it? Yeah. Which is quite interesting. So, yeah. So um, if you want to go over to, I know Toby loves people to follow him on Strava. So and you, comment. And comment. So if you go over to Toby <laughs> Frost on Strava and have a look at his marathon time and then go over to Simon's, you'll see quite a difference, won't you, really? It's quite, well put it out there really and we'll let, let the viewers work that one for themselves so uh, you may be watching this which is awesome on youtube thanks very much for tuning in we'll put this up as a premiere on friday for when this normally comes out so we're live on a monday and a friday monday's eight o'clock and we just hang out and talk well nonsense really uh and then friday we talk like to a proper show so uh, and that's at seven o'clock uk time so make sure you do join us or try and join us live but anyway let's jump into this sub four quest so i think it is the sort of Holy grail for the everyday runners. I think you've got sub two hour half marathon and a sub four marathon. Seems to be, and I don't know why. Um, sort of holy grail for everyday runners. So why was it why did you have it in your mind that you wanted to break sub four, Si? Uh I think like you say, really. It's, I don't know, it's sort of like the like you say, it's the it's where you want to try and get to, I think. Do you know, what I mean a lot of everyday runners feel like if they've achieved sub four, I think they really have achieved. Not that running a marathon isn't, but you've really achieved a big goal there because it is a not an easy task, as as I well know. It's, it's bloody hard. I mean, yeah. I think it's the natural thing to do, maybe after you've done that sub. And again, I don't know why sub two half marathon. I'm not again. I'm not sure of the significance why it's not like a sub two hour fifteen. I don't know. I suppose because it's around numbers, right? I guess. It's, Gotta be the round number. That's all Weird, it can isn't be. It, Why everyone's like obsessed with this sub four. Anyway, it is a thing. People do like I don't know, train for years, so I mean included, to try and break this um psychological barrier and this sort of get this holy grail for the everyday race. So look, we're gonna talk about what's happened in the past and what you did differently to achieve the sub four, because then I think yeah. we, at least we can add some value to the listeners and viewers. So long story short. Where was you at in terms of pre-Chicago your, with your marathon journey? What, where, you know, how many have you done? What, what times were you hitting? And I think so. I think I've done five marathons in total. Each one technically has been quicker, slightly, but it, on I don't know. Maybe on paper, I thought with my half marathon time, I should have been able to get the sub four. Which is? What my half marathon time? One thirty-nine, I think. Yeah, I thought it was one thirty-eight, but yeah, about that, isn't it? One thirty-eight. It's it's under one forty anyway. Yeah, yeah. But on paper, you'd like to think that it should be achievable. And but, on your watch. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, just what did you, actually, I, I'm going to sorry, I'm going to cut right over the top here. I'm going to do a special. What was and I'm going fast forward because we're looking back. But what was your yeah. watch, your Garmin? Say to you the week of Chicago before I forget. Oh, it was what race predictor, yeah. Oh, a, about three, it was about 340. Hero, right? Sorry, 
I went off. Right, so carry yeah, on. About so 340. You've done five marathons. Half time was suggested you should go sub four. Then what happened? Well, basically, done the first couple of them. Obviously, they were learning. Edinburgh was a bit of a like a disaster for most people, Everyone. you included. Um, but then did Amsterdam. Brilliant. Had, a, had the best training you could probably ask for. Uh, and then uh, on the day, had nothing, basically. Well, I didn't have nothing, but just got to 16 miles and it just, it just like you say, hit the wall, fell off fell off the face of the earth, really. It just didn't happen. Uh, but I don't know, I wasn't too worried about it, really. I just sort of uh, got on with it because I thought it's going to happen eventually, but it's when was it going to happen? Then you did then London. It, then did London. Uh, once again, had a fairly good training block. Uh I'm not making excuses. I don't think it was the greatest day weather-wise. That, but it was, but it was, like, it, but it wasn't hot. Do you know what I mean? But it tipped no. down from the start to the end. I was yeah. soaked from the start to the end. Uh, once again, got to about, I would say, I think it was about 18 miles, mm-hmm. and then from 18 to 21, I it was just like I wanted the floor to swallow me up. It was awful. Did you want to lay down? No, I didn't need to lay down this time. Mm-hmm. But then. Weirdly enough, once I got to about 22 miles, I seemed to then be okay. Well, not okay, but I, it wasn't as bad. Do you know what I mean? And when I got to the last mile, I seemed like I could have carried on running. But anyway, finished that. I think it was 4.01. <laughs> Literally 4.01. I remember we like were all sitting there going, did he, didn't he, didn't he, didn't he, didn't he, didn't he. And the official time came through. But the thing was as well, I think I ran the first half of that marathon in like an hour and, hour and 50 minutes. Yeah, you ran it with us. We well, we 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 kept losing you a fraction, and then you kept we got sort of easing back. But we was running at like well, we was running at three forty five pace. Yeah, so one fifty two, you should have gone through. We it was, was about that, that, yeah. Because I was not running, much. Yeah, I kept pushing us on a bit. If you remember rightly, I was like yeah. sort of dipping to eights, and you were like, no, 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 let's stay back here. So we was, and then I and I jog obviously went on at um at thirteen. So yeah, you you was well on, and and you and you weren't struggling at all. No, I wasn't struggling. I, I just I don't know. Maybe I I don't know whether it was I don't know whether it was just nerves got the best of me. I don't know. Could be any. I'm not too can sure. Have, really, could yeah, be. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? So fast forward, Chicago. You get in the ballot, right? Yeah. You then look at your training. I mean, you know, we we don't change a hell of a lot. But no. how did your training look for Chicago? So talk the viewers and listeners through a week of your training for Chicago. So it was pretty much the same other than what I did decide to do was, obviously, we had the – before Chicago, I did ride 100, didn't I? Now, I was a waste of time. I was, I, to believe it or not, I don't mind riding a bike. And I, did, I didn't do too bad. Terrible. Yeah, tell everyone what your time was in ride running. I was in five five twenty. Yeah, and, and you stopped for about twenty minutes. But anyway, so after that, I thought right, I'm gonna. I wanted to carry on doing the the bike riding a little bit, but so I decided to drop one of my runs in the week and do a bike ride, and I did that pretty much up and from the start up until about week. Must have been about week twelve, mm-hmm. I would say. So basically, like I'd on a Monday, I'd go out, I'd go and do a a run, say six miles. Tuesday would be six miles at club. Wednesday, I was not running. I was doing a bike ride. Then Thursdays, I was running. Resting Fridays. 
a what each day on a Thursday? What was because that was your sort of medium distance. medium? Yeah, I was. It depended. It was anywhere between six. It could have been ten miles. You know, it was anywhere. Depended. You know, it all depended. Mm. Resting, resting on Friday, and then doing the long run on a Saturday, which we did the this time we did the the laps, didn't we? Of uh, mm-hmm. Hartem. So I was doing. I was doing a lot of three miles easy, say about nine thirty per mile, mm-hmm. and then three miles uh, goal, say about around about the eight thirty per mile. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I did it this time. I did a lot. I, I actually only did one 20 mile run for Chicago. Okay. I did a lot of 18 mile runs. Interesting. Uh, and I did a couple of 16s, but they was, I would say the majority of them runs was 18 mile runs. So mm-hmm. I was finishing up with like a weekly average of about between 34 to 36 miles, but with a 20 mile bike ride, bike ride in there basically interesting so i think there's a couple of takeaways there for so anybody looking to do support right and this is not something this is not something that comes uh, this don't tell you some myself it's not something that comes easy to you uh marathon running right you're not one no. of these people who can just rock up and bust out like something you've got to train for it right like oh, most yeah. people, runners. um and you you started running later on in life so it's one of those things that you come into so it's not something that you, you know did at school and all this sort of stuff right so just give you some context so I think the key takeaways with coach's hat on, let's call it, is I think the mon- the, the bike ride was building endurance and obviously yeah. cross training. I think that was, you know, building a lot of strength into you, working on your core and, and you know, through, through the bike and that mm. sort of stuff. It was just, it was just working on, on that. So I think that was one of the positives and it shows the benefit of doing cross training. Um, I think the Thursday medium distance run, I know from when I used to do it with you before I had to work, go back to work in London, it's, it's just a no-brainer. I mean, the six to ten mile run at target pace every week is just brilliant. Yeah. It's just it's just phenomenal. And then you get a rest day, and then you go again on a weekend. And as you rightly said, doing the the sixteen and eighteen milers with at least half of it at target pace, goal pace, whatever you want, marathon pace, whatever you want to call it is the defining sort of moment in your training i think that made the difference yeah at the end of that at the end of those 20 miles that then took you through to use able to carry on mm. because you built in that endurance you built in that stamina you built in that mental toughness that you got from doing a 20 mile bike ride from doing 18 miles with nine miles at target goal pace and as you said the 20 miler which is which a lot of people hang on to as being like this amazing thing right it's not really it is it's pure psychological you are better off doing an 18 mile run with the majority of that target pace or goal pace or math pace whatever you want to call it right yeah that's what i was doing that that 18 mile run a lot of them when i look back at them i did three miles easy three miles hard and in the, the further i got into the run I, it, the last two lots of it like the two um rotations of the easy hard the easy was actually probably closer to the hard. So I was actually essentially doing more like six miles nearly yeah. straight off and yeah. hard. So that, that whole run, I was probably, I could have been 12 miles of goal pace in that run, do you know, which is yeah a big and portion you, of it. And you're doing all of that. Your average for that whole run was under sub four pace anyway. Oh, yeah. It was probably about 8.50 per mile, do you know what yeah. I mean, with the so easy. You've know? done the whole 18 miles below target anyway. 
Yeah. It's crazy, really, when you think about it, you know, because you, you were training and you had trained before for a 345 marathon. It's just that the stars hadn't aligned for whatever reason. When I trained for the, when we trained for the three forty five marathon before, we actually I trained slower. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? which is mad. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's it's, it's bizarre that we mm-hmm. you, you say you try you train differently. You you've adjusted slightly your training. I think, like we said, the keys. I think the key to your success was those eighteen mile runs, and reluctantly saying it, but the biking as well. Mm-hmm. The whole mixture of of, of that. I don't necessarily think that one thing specifically, but I think the combination of it, of yeah, all of it. Definitely and, it's a combination of all. Yeah, and then that gave you the mental toughness. So when you did get those, you know, we all get them, those thoughts at 20 miles, 22, 17, whenever it comes, you were just like, oh, whatever, I'll just, I've got another three-mile loop to do, or I've, you know, I'll just, I'm, I'm well within myself here because, you know, I'm I'm only targeting under four hours. You know what I mean? It's just, It's a totally... You had a totally different mindset, didn't you, on the race yeah, day? Definitely. Now, let's, let's get into that because I think firstly we need to talk about fueling because that's really important, uh, and we work a lot on that on um, when we do our long runs, and then we'll get into the race day. So in terms of fueling, when when were you fueling? Well, I actually, for some mad reason, it's changed like the light it on. Bulbs. The light, did you see the light bulbs? Yeah, it's flickering. <laughs> some mad reason on race day. I changed it. Oh. <laughs> now, I don't know why I did this, but so I had seven gels on me. Right. And I remember I started, and for some reason, I thought, I'm just going to take these. I usually would take them at every four miles. Yeah. And for some reason, I thought, I'm going to bring that forward slightly, and then I'm going to take all seven of these gels. So I took them <laughs> at three and a half miles, yeah? Every three and a half miles, right. religiously. And I went... Um, Regular caffeine, regular caffeine, all the way to the end. Uh, How is you, and, but you, let's yeah, let's give us some content. You have you're the man with the iron gut. This is the guy before the Great North Run as tell him. Uh, uh, sausage and what was it? Sausage and bacon roll and a steak bake. Before, like literally, forty minutes before the Great North Run. Yeah, yeah. To be yeah, and that to be every time I've done that, I've run quite well there. <laughs> So the key, he has iron guts, right? He has a very, very solid constitution, let's call it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, so, so I did that, and it gets worse than that. So oh, I did no, that, 
And then on course, they had the Gatorade, right? Which I hadn't, uh, I hadn't tried really prior to the run. So I just every aid station I went through, I went water one, next one, cup of Gatorade, next one, water of cup of water, next one, cup of Gatorade, whole way through. Well, every aid station. Yeah, every, but it was only like you know a paper cup. It was so it was only yeah, like you just get like that much, didn't you? Yeah, it was an inch in there. Some of the, sometimes some of the water ones probably only had a quarter of it chucked it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, mouthful but, done. Off you go. But that was the feeling all the way through. Now, so there's there's something for you if you're listening to this about your fueling. Ask yourself how on point are you with your fueling, because that could make a difference. Again, it's that not that bonking, but I mean, if you don't get it right, you will end up bonking. But th- there's you. There's a lot to this in terms of nutrition on race day that people overlook. They go, oh, I'm going to take a gel every whatever. But have you really drilled into what works for you? Because, again, everybody's different. So he was he was going four miles, but actually he went three and a half miles. And we know, because we're going to come on to it in just a sec, it worked. Um, and believe it or not as well, when I ran my PB for the half marathon at Cambridge, that was no, it every Cam- three. <laughs> you ran your PB at Cambridge and you still gave it a two out of ten. Yeah, but that's not the point. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyway, I did I did the same thing there. I changed that to every three and a half miles. So I took three gels on the on the half. Yeah, I get that though, because you I know, just, you're I doing a know. training run, yeah. So it's a little yeah. bit different. If you're doing a train I I, I think if you're I, doing a sort of race day mock up in your training, yeah, then it's worth doing the three and a half mile or whatever you would practice on race day. But I, I get why you do the four miles. It just make it just makes sense. I just mm. wish regretting that tending, by the way. Um it's just it just makes sense why especially for for us because we do it together but the three mile loop because you literally you grab your gel out of the boat you take it and then you're into yeah it makes sense the way it, the way it falls um for where, us when we're doing our I, I just think maybe when you've got that harder effort i think is a fine line between underestimating how much fuel you need and over fueling it's, yeah. it's the, the the limits either way are very marginal and it yeah, can no, make all I the, think, all think the right. difference when, when you're pushing You've got to fuel mm. it. It's different if you was like I did in Berlin, just cruised oh, about. Totally different. Totally I mean, different. I was like every four miles. I think I even let, didn't even bother with the last one. It's like, yeah. it, it, but I, I was like religious every four miles. I took some of the malt and stuff. I only had one cup of that malt and stuff because it was disgusting. And then uh, that was it. You know, I didn't bother. So anyway, I'll do the same again in New York. I won't. I'll have one every four miles. I'll take the because I've got Gatorade. I shipped some in from the US, so mm. I'll have a cup of Gatorade every. You know, other one, whatever. That was actually all right, to be fair. That I think the, I think the Caterade, right? The powder. It's not uh, bad. Actually, it's up there. It's, it's, I can't remember what it's called. It's actually all right. The lemon and lime it ain't too bad. No. It's better than that malt. That malt and stuff is, is just wrong. Malt, yeah. honestly, it's just it's just overpriced. To, it really is. There's just absolutely no point getting that stuff. Um. So, anyway, you went to um Chicago, which you targeted all year. So, it goes back to that point, what we always say is, which is target one race. Um, and then you set off at what? Well, to be honest, the GPS was was shocking. I knew that from the from the uh, bobblehead run the day before, and I'd worked out where I needed to be at certain points. Clever, and it was even down to like I knew the first half hour yeah. I needed to be at three and a half miles. After an hour of seven miles. Didn't, I knew halfway needed to be about 150, uh, 152 sort of thing. And then I knew the, the, the big number was get to three hours and be at nearly 
it would just be just under 21 miles wow so and uh i knew that's where i'd be but i i was a little bit faster as you do you get dragged into things you was you was quicker so it averaged out for the first 30 miles i probably ran at about eight it was about 8.15 per mile. So I was two. So what, did well, what did you need per mile? Well, I tar- Well, even though I was targeting sub four, I, I was. I said to myself, I'd go at a pace to to finish. Well, so it would got to be 3.50 because I thought that builds in a little bit of time. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, I didn't want to go out at 9.09. Do you know what no. I mean? On nine minute miles, get too close to, you could easily lose it. So I was, I was too fast anyway to start with. But did you... But it felt it felt fine. Say, it felt good, right? It looked good from everything I've seen. Of, of it, you. That, this is the thing. I went through the first seven miles, and it felt really easy. And I got to halfway, and it felt really easy still. And that's when, at halfway, like we we spoke about it before, hadn't we? I said, "Well, we got." I got to fourteen miles, and I was just going to try and just speed up a little bit for to twenty miles if I could. Yeah, that's oh, just, let's, let's just mention that because I, t- mm. you and I had, had a convo on Tuesday before you went out, and to try and sort of get out of your own way, you know, where you, you know, you're struggling with the with the pacing or the or the timing or whatever, just to get this up for. I said to Si, look at whatever it was. Let's say it was forty miles. I can't remember what I exactly said, but drop it, drop drop the pace, yeah, and and, and put your foot down a fraction, and then go get the twenty, and then when you get the twenty drop it again just keep asking the question until the point in which you you can't you can't keep dropping it and uh, the reason that is that is because sometimes you can sort of labor i mean i felt that in berlin like oh it's, it's different because we wasn't pushing but even when you're running easy it was getting to the point where it was just laboring and normally in a race i would have dropped it just to basically just get the bloody thing done but for you it was key because i think what had happened before is is you kind of mentally was hitting a wall and we needed you to push through that. And the only way really to push through it is to ask a question and to push. And you had the pace. You've always had the pace. You've had the pace since day one. Because yeah. as you say, your halftime shows it. This was purely a mental battle. So, Oh, massively. Yeah, the key the key for me to give to you before you went out, there was sort of cowboy up at 14 and then and then go and keep asking the question all the way to the finish, which is basically what you did, right? Yeah, well, I got to, I got to fourteen miles. I had basically I hadn't had my headphones on for the for till I got to fourteen miles. Mm-hmm. Fourteen miles, turn my headphones on, drop the pace, dropped it. I managed to drop it to about seven. It's about seven forty five. I ran that all the way through to twenty miles. Wow! And then I and then I managed to do another two miles, and it was probably about eight ten per mile. Yeah. And then by the time I got to twenty two miles, I was absolutely done. <laughs> uh, but I was like, I knew I'd be under four hours then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was just like. I didn't even. I wasn't actually looking at the time. I didn't know what time I was going to finish in. I was like, I just ran the last four miles in, and I did think to myself, "This is basically one lap of Harton. <laughs> I've got to do." And I, and I thought, we do that week in, week out. I yeah. can do the one lap. So I just, and then I literally just, I just trotted the last four miles in. Wow, and that's, and that, and that got you over the line in what? Three forty-two, thirty. Three forty-two, thirty. Hmm. That's lovely, isn't it? And that, just so interesting, yeah. is that faster than speed goat? Uh, just by a few minutes. Okay, just a few. What? Quite a stat. So it's about two, I think. Two, maybe two and a half. But not I haven't really checked. Good. I we haven't were, looked. So. We haven't looked. But sorry, but technically, well, not technically, factually, you are. You are mm. quick. And if you speed. want to look, check his Strava. Yeah, have a, we have a go on his Strava, and um, what was it? You said leave comments, wasn't it? What you said? Yeah, yeah. loves a comment. 
Um, so, yeah, so that was that. I think, so what would your advice be then? So someone listening to this, who's, I mean, it's great because we, anybody who's followed your journey, we've had you on the podcast talking about hitting the wall quite openly and, and try to, you know, break this sub four. And then all of a sudden, bosh, the floodgates hit and you, you, you ran a 342. Uh, <laughs> you know, so most people go, oh, I, got, I went 358, but you smashed it living daylights out of it. But personally, for me, he was always going to do that. It was just purely a mental thing, right? He always, he's he's a quicker, he's a quicker runner than me because he's 10 years younger. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> but, but no, seriously, he's, he's generally, I think Simon's quicker, he will, he will be quicker than me. It was just a question of breaking that mental barrier, which is now what he's done. But what would be your tip for somebody who's training for a sub four and then running a sub four? So what's a sort of training tip for sub four? I, I do think if you can do some, as much as we don't want to, some sort of cross training does help. And it mass, it does help. And if you can do it, whether it be riding a bike, I don't know, going to the gym and rowing or swimming or anything, doing something else will definitely help. And then on your long runs, you've got to try and build a lot of goal pace in there. Yeah. But like you've said, don't. I wouldn't get too hung up on the twenty-mile run because it's over. It's over, it's overplayed, I think, by a lot of people. It's mm. they don't get it. It's, it's time on feet, people. It's effort, really, more than anything else. It's it's just just, just a little. I could go and run a twenty-mile run every other week, but if I'm doing them all really slow and making them take three and a half hours, surely I'm better off doing an eighteen-mile run in about two three hours. And getting some good pace through the run. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I did it literally just this weekend. Could have yeah. done twenty miles easy. Could have, you know, could have done it. But I wanted to do eighteen. With I think I ended up doing seven or eight at target. Mm. Much better. Much much yeah. better. Physically, mentally, much better. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. It's meant to be tough, but puts me in better shape, right? Yeah, uh, and to be honest, I do think you you could be running for three and a half hours. That takes as much out of you as running for the three hours. Doing, the, you know, I know you might be running slower, but you've run longer on your feet. You still use another half hours worth of body energy yeah. up, and it's not All easy. Right, well, is what it? about tip for race day? Make sure you have got your fuel fueling bang on. Yeah, you got. To, I think the training's one thing. You've got to make sure you're well rested before. I did. I was well. I, I adapted very well to the sleeping over there. That didn't That's really a surprise. Yeah, well, I don't really have much trouble with that. Uh, and then, yeah, fueling. Make sure you feel well the day before. Make sure you're drinking fluids and all that. I suppose getting all that in. But yeah, fueling's got to be the one. Yeah, and and I think as well, have a strategy. You need to have a good strategy and know where you need to be because yeah, you're not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed that your watch is going to gonna be right so you, i knew where i had to be at certain yeah. times in the race and distance and i was not using the distance on my watch i was using the distance of the mark the markers. mile markers there we go that's what ben was doing just to give you a little tip if you didn't know ben was ben 321 or something stupid wasn't it uh something like yeah 321 322 um and, and the conversation i had with him was was a similar sort of thing about you know dropping times but also i told him to write the times on his wrist what he needed to be and when but not the distance on his watch 
But I needed him to know that when he went through 10 miles on the board or the kilometers, whatever, it corresponded from um, what was on his watch in terms of timing and distance. So he knew the yeah. points because, as you say, the GPS is out and you've got to run the course that's, that's there. Even if you think, oh, the course is long, course is short, course is what it is. You've got to run the course. Uh, to be honest, I think all I use my watch for was to know it's, three, it's about three and a half miles. I need to have a gel now. That was all I was yeah. using it for. I weren't using it for the pace, very roughly, because it was all up and over the place. But I was, yeah. you was having to run a lot of it to feel. Yeah, that's sort of the, that's the other. I think the key takeaway for anyone training for a sub four, or for any PB, is to run to feel. I always say it to my runners that I coach, is go out there and run to feel. You know, push when you feel like pushing, back off when you feel like you need to, and then go again. You've got to understand your body, and I think that comes from experience, which I think actually. Also for you and, and sort of finish on, which is key as well. You had a few attempts at this, which is good. Mm. I think to you learned the hard way. You, you know, you're not like Ben, who's who's knocked the door through every single time. It's sometimes good to, to come up against you know the, these hard times in terms of your running because it just it helps you and, it, and the experience you get from hitting the wall and the experience you get from maybe underfueling and the experience you get from not doing enough of X Y Z in your training then allows you to learn from that and then put that into practice oh. because now your next training block, you're, you're a totally different runner, right? Oh yeah. And, and to, like you say, you're hundred percent correct there. I think achieving the sub four, look, it's great. Whoever does it, but it, cause I tried so many times, it meant a lot more yeah. in doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you'd like, especially when you ran four Oh one. Oh yes. All four in it. <laughs> but I tell you what as well. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was standing on that start line. And I was absolutely bricking it. Really? Oh, big time. Why? Because it's just the expectation or what? Yeah, because you're just I was just thinking if I don't do it again, what oh, is it? I, yeah. Well, I actually said to Sabrina, I said it, we were talking about it, and I said, maybe if I don't do it, maybe the maybe that is as fast as I can run on the marathon distance. Maybe that just isn't the distance for me. Yeah, true. And yeah, that so maybe you are better at certain certain distances. There's no doubt about that. Maybe I'm more of a half marathon runner. Maybe that's better for I don't know. But obviously, can't really say that now. Can't say that now. You, you, <laughs> you proved it because you're faster than speaker. Oh, am I? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Better, yeah just shame that. <laughs> right. So that's it. So there we go, people. I hope that was insightful and you learned something about the sub four. Again, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get caught up in worrying too much about running a sub four personally. I think your times will take, as I always say, your times take care of themselves. If you do a good training block and you approach it the right way and you do what you think is the right thing and then you turn up on race day and if it's your day, it's your day. If it's not, it's not. I mean, Simon's testament's there. He had, and I still think your training for the Amsterdam Marathon was actually better than your Chicago training block. Uh, I think my long runs was better on my, on the Chicago block though. Yeah, maybe. But I, think I, think the, that, I think the long runs were. Yeah, but it's it's my point is is that unless if your stars align, you put the work in your stars align, you'll do it. Oh yeah. But it, everything will take care of itself. So don't don't put pressure on yourself wondering about like you just say, oh God, what am I what am I going to do sort of thing. Learn from what's happened to Simon. I say he hit genuinely hit the wall. Right, it's well documented. Listen back to the episode, and now he's come through and he's just punched in a three forty two at Chicago Marathon. So massive props to you. I think we need to get you back on for the Christmas rating special. I think that will be absolutely hilarious. Um, so let, let us know if you want us to do that. 
I think that's it. Make sure you go to sketches.co.uk uh, and get over there and smash the living daylights out of that. We are back live. When I say we, I won't be there because I'll be in New York. But um, the guys are back live uh, next week. Normal service is resumed. Thank you very much, bro, for coming on and talking about this. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. And I think that's probably about it. So I'm going to play. Where's the outro music? Here it is. Right. So um, just check one more time. So I, are you still faster than Speedo? I think I am still faster than Speedo. He says he, he says he's retired, but I think he's going to have to come out of retirement. He's going to have to, he's going to, have to care work because basically yeah. we're both faster than him, aren't we? Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. That probably does, doesn't That'll sit well with him. him. Yeah. That'll great. Right. We'll see you later. I'll play the music. Catch you later. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.